0: When the VA denied coverage for Agent Orange survivors from Vietnam, they did it because it was about money. When they carved out the Blue Water Navy vets and said, we are not going to cover them, it was because of money. And when they deny 8 out of 10 vets were exposed to horrible toxins at burn pits and bases across this globe and at K2, they are denying it because of money. Welcome to the Policy Vets podcast, engaging with leaders, scholars, and strong voices to fill a void in support of policy development for America's veterans. With your hosts, former Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Dr. David Shulkin, and former Executive Director of the American Legion, Lou Shelley. Today's guest, world-renowned comedian and activist, John Stewart. That was Senator Kristen Gillibrand at her press conference the other day.
1: You know, Lou, what I like about her? She doesn't give up. When she's focused on the issue, she's just relentless. I remember my uh, first confirmation before the Senate. She put a hold on me. And so I went to meet with her and I said, you know, what's up with that? What do you have against me? She goes, it has nothing to do with you. I'm not going to confirm you unless you make sure that you understand about what's going on with the blue water navy veterans and of course she was right and she really stood up for what she believed in
0: besides her i mean she she really brought a uh, you know an all star cast of lawmakers with her she brought senator rubio uh, congressman ruez congressman fitzpatrick she had of course burn pits 360 co-founder captain roy torres bunch of vso's yeah,
1: and what I liked about it is they did it at the Veterans of Foreign War headquarters in D.C., and that's where they, of course, introduced this Warfighters Act that calls for presumptive illnesses for people that were exposed to burn pits.
0: Yeah, and, and of course, leading the press conference was our guest this week, John Stewart.
1: You know, he's really done such a great job getting that message out there, and he explains it in a way that people really understand
0: yeah, you know, I've seen him on NBC, CNN, PBS, um, you know, but he did our podcast first.
1: Yeah, he sure did. You know, last night I was with a veteran who had just gotten back from Afghanistan. And so I played him our first episode with John Stewart, which I called the poop pond piece. <laughs> if you haven't heard it. You need to go back and listen. And uh, this veteran just shook his head and said, yep, he sure got that
0: one right. All right, well, let's get back to this week's episode with John Stewart.
1: I know that you're aware of some of the mm-hmm. legislative bills that are being put in place. Uh, unfortunately, we've seen them introduced in right. different uh, sessions of Congress, and they've not really gained traction. Do you think that now that we're in 2021, that we're entering a different time where the bills being introduced by Senator Mm -hmm. Gillibrand and Rubio and Senator Tillis are going to finally get some traction.
2: I definitely feel more hopeful than I did a year and a half ago. And it feels like there is certainly a a momentum moving towards action. What concerns me is some of the legislation, all of it is well-intentioned some of it will give an out to Congress. It'll allow them to say they're doing something, but not addressing the issue. They'll say, so what we're going to do is over the next five years, we're going to commission a study and another commission, and they are going to look at, and these are people that are dying. And the gestation period of these diseases or the, uh, uh, is, or the disabilities that they're suffering, or what they'll say is, okay, we'll grant you some access to the healthcare system. But we won't stack the healthcare system with people familiar with toxicology and occupational medicine. It'll just be an epidemiologist and a general practitioner. And they'll give you a breath test and say, I don't see anything. Even though uh, a toxicologist would say without a lung biopsy, you're not going to be able to tell what's really going on in there. I mean, when these folks unfortunately die, they find jet fuel, mercury, metal, their lungs are filled with poison and they die of cancers and they die of sarcoidosis. They're dying of things that young, healthy uh, uh, people don't die of in, in the same way. And what's the worst that could happen? You end up treating someone who gave their life to this country's glioblastoma, even though it was caused by something else. That's, that's yeah. the downside of this type of legislation. It's why, for me, we support the presumptive bill. We support Gillibrand and and uh, Rubio because it's presumption. It removes discretion from the bureaucracy at the VA because the bureaucracy at the VA has failed these individuals time after time after time, and they don't deserve to have to go. They don't have to. De- they don't deserve to have to go to court to defend their own health when you know military contractors. Man, there's not even. You know there's not even audits you're spending 400 billion dollars a year for military contractors and when it comes to veterans individual veterans you're gonna say mm, you're gonna to have to appeal this to a higher court it's it's
0: unconscionable
2: this is a moral issue for the country
0: yeah john you you've brought up so many good issues i mean there are so many deep discussions just in the you know in the fraction of time that we've been talking already but a couple of things that you mentioned that i want to talk about you talked a little bit about dioxins you talked about the time; it's been almost 15 years since they determined that uh, that burn pits were being actively used and were poisoning our troops. You know that, that have been deployed. You know, just just as a uh, as an example, it took over 30 years for Congress to finally approve um, benefits for Agent Orange. You know, after they came back from Vietnam.
2: And by the way, th- there some of those veterans are still fighting for their benefits. And trying to get conditions added because, uh, you, you know, it's, it's unconscionable what we put our veterans through. And we've done it war after war after war. So to pretend that this is to pretend that toxic exposure as another to toxic wounds as another casualty of war caught us by surprise is disingenuous. And McClatchy had a report out, I think it was two or three days ago, uh, where they s- stated that the U.S. government, that there there are reports they knew the wave of toxic exposure that was going to come from the global war on terror. They knew about it. They had studied it and they did nothing. You know, John, just to put
1: for the people listening that are Mm -hmm. saying, wow, this is a new issue to me, just to put some statistics around it. In 2010, the General Accountability Office of the government reported there were still 251 active burn pits in Afghanistan alone and 22 in Iraq. And as you know, the other statistic that drives our work in this is is that 78% of veterans who come Mm. to the VA for help because they say they've been exposed to burn pits are denied any type of benefits. So. You know, I think people need to understand this is affecting a lot of people. We had 3.5 million American servicemen and women who served
2: in Southeast Asia since 1990. That's
1: a lot of people.
2: You couldn't be more right. And it's exactly why any bill that keeps the discretion within the process of the VA is doomed to fail the men and women who fought. Because of the very thing that you said. They are at their heart. We have to change the culture. And the culture has to be that a true calculation of the cost of war. Forget about in the other countries even, but in our country has to include toxic wounds. You know, they've done a better job with traumatic brain injury. They've done a better job with PTS. Um, You know, they've done a, a slightly better job with Agent Orange. But you've still got the K-2 veterans. This is, I don't know, it's going on 20 some years for them. I mean, toxic exposure is not just burn pits. It's, it's you know, they're depleted uranium. There's uh, all, all kinds of, you know, PFAS and uh, JPA and JP5 and all these things that, that they're exposed to. And yet when they come down with the utterly expected disabilities associated with those, they're treated like they're. Nuts. 80%. I mean, and and in their own thing, the benefit of the
1: doubt goes to the claimant. John, again, for our listeners that don't know about the K-2 veterans, this was a secret base in Uzbekistan, uh, um, Uzbekistan, which is just north of Afghanistan, where 15,000 U.S. troops spent time with horrible toxic conditions. And now there are associations with liver cancers and lymphatic tumors disorders
2: like it's and because it was a classified
1: situation there's often not the documentation that they serve there and therefore they're in this situation where they have to fight for benefits and it's really stacked against them
2: and that's why you know and a lot of the bills will say okay we'll get you into the health program but that's not you're dealing with a loss of earning you're dealing with families that are put under stress for caregiving and for uh a living. I mean, I saw the the reason why this is so uh, uh, galling and necessary for me is I saw this play out. I've seen this movie. We played it out for the nine eleven crew. Same thing. And this is the lowest hanging fruit of a society.
0: John, I'm really glad you brought that up because it took eighteen years to get to get recognition yeah. and to get the compensation for those heroes that that went into nine eleven. And what did you learn from that experience that we can use for our veterans in this experience?
2: The power of coordination. So what happens is you have a lot of groups that are working at cross purposes to each other. Um, I'll tell you, there's there's a couple of things. One is obviously the power of shame. Um, It's very easy to be a paper patriot. And man, do we have a ton of them in this country and they wave that flag, and they tweet out, never forget the heroes of 9-11, and then you walk in their office with uh, someone with stage four cancer who's dying from their heroism, and they don't have the time of day for them. So the hypocrisy and the paper patriotism is galling and evident, uh, and, and without explicit shame, they don't move off that. So that's one. Number two is the advocates for these individuals, whether it be the veterans or uh, the responders of 9-11, are beaten down by a process that is designed to, I think, exhaust them. Same with the VA process. It's designed, you know, deny and delay and delay and deny is designed to make you go. You know what? I'm done. I'm just going to go. You know, deal with this in, in peace and, and do the best, you know. but. What I found, you know, when we met with the VSOs and all that is the process had so beat them down that they were negotiating against the process. And negotiating against themselves. That what they were doing was they were trying to sneak what's possible. Rather than. Storm the hill for what's necessary. And we need to do what's necessary because this is an eminently addressable problem. And the longer that they force these groups, because these groups will negotiate against themselves and Congress will take every out to do more studies or to do, well, you know what, this bill, what, what's the harm of waiting five years to see if the science gets more definitive and all that? Well, I can tell you what the harm is. You're going to lose hundreds and thousands of veterans to disease and you're going to lose hundreds more to suicides. And you're going to force their families into, uh, you know, more and more stressful and desperate situations, all because you don't want to spend the money to pay for the total cost of war. Don't make them pay for your budgeting error. And that's what we've done. Now, John, I think you've clearly said that. And I think that's going to be the choice coming ahead. We did it with the 9-11 guys. It's the same thing. Here's what I would say. You want want to do that? Grant presumption, and if five years from now, your science shows that burning armaments and fecal matter with jet fuel doesn't affect people, hey, man, my bad, and we'll cap the program at five years. But don't dare put these people through another clerical administrative process that has failed them in the past. How can how how can you ask them to trust a clerical and bureaucratic process that has failed 80 percent of their claims? John, what
1: what can the average person do who's not a medical expert, doesn't know a lot about veterans, may not be a political commentator? um, What what should they be doing when they hear this and they feel much of the emotions that I'm sure that we're all feeling right now to try to help our veteran.
2: I mean, it's hard, you know, and and people's lives and it's a pandemic and people have hard lives. You know, it's, it's um, what I tend to think is my strategy is always targeted action. And when I say targeted action, I don't just mean aim it at these people. It also has to be timed. And I think what I would say is when the time is right, and we feel like we've got everything lined up in the right way and we want to put that maximum pressure on, that maximum shame, then we're going to want to activate that. You know, Right now we have people signing petitions and, and doing things and we're just trying to educate them on it. You know, We have the Warfighters website up, uh, Warfighters uh, 2021, and people can upload their stories about having been exposed and, and things like that. I can't tell you, man, how many guys I'm talking to, even in legislative offices. You know, say, oh, you know, yeah, I'm working, I'm the legislator for Veterans Affairs in in this office. You know, I I was in Iraq. Oh, are you okay? Yeah, you know, I got nodules, obviously. Say that again? Yeah, yeah, you know, well, we all got these nodules that, you know, they say it's benign. Oh, okay. You know, we need a process of screening. We can save lives and money if we just go through occupational screening for these veterans. It's what we did for the 9-11 community. They go in once a year and they're screened, but it's not just blood pressure. and th- They're looking for the signs of exposure illness. You got 30 year olds dying of colon cancer because they can't get a colonoscopy. We have to presume that these people have been exposed to cancer causing and lung disease causing and nerve disease causing agents. We have a list, the list is based in science, may not be based in VA science, but it's based in science. based in the epa science they seem to be on board um it's going to come down to money um but i also think that that's unconscionable as well and that has to
0: end you know you talked about time and you talked about how much time it takes and and we are running out of time just last week we we lost lauren price you know she was a a huge advocate and you know i think if the general public were able to see the devastation to the lungs of the people who have been inhaling these toxins, they would feel differently. Mm -hmm. They would understand that
2: this isn't. I, I would hope so. I mean, uh, there was, uh, again, I think it was a report of a veteran who had been denied benefit, right? In the autopsy, they found in the lungs, jet fuel, mercury is best like, they found what you find Jimmy Zadroga had the same thing after 9-11 they said he was crazy they said he wasn't sick okay you're sick but it has nothing to do with that you know maybe it has to do with uh, some vices that you have they tried to play it off that that his vices are what caused him. and then when he passed sadly at a very young age they did an autopsy and they looked in his lungs and it looked like a collection of building materials along with jet fuel and all kinds of other junk, mercury and dioxins and uh, dexamethabenzene or something. You know, I mean, it's outrageous what's being propagated on, on these folks, and we do it every time. When they're in the, I'll guarantee if they needed somebody to be deployed, they'd know where he was. But when that person is home and is sick, they lose the number.
0: John, you've been a champion for this for years. Uh, Veterans Service Organizations stand behind you. Many in Congress stand behind you. What What more do we need? What can the American people do? What How is it that we can get this done?
2: I, I think when the time is right. So what happened with the 9-11 thing was, you know, it was very easy for congress to pass it off as a new york issue even though it wasn't even though you know when the attack happened, it was seen as an attack on america but it was very easy for congressional representatives that don't feel they've got uh, a voter in that fight to do that so uh john field had gone through and compiled a list of every congressional district and i think in 433 out of the 435 were responders and and other people who'd been exposed and who'd been sick and and were in the program. So we activated local communities. What I think will be effective is when the time is right, and they're going to hold hearings on this, and, and here's the other thing that people forget about Congress. They don't know. Half the time, they're flying by the seat of their pants. They're spending a ton of time fundraising. You could talk about this issue to them and they'd be like, oh, I didn't hear that. Here's what I heard. Uh, The NAS said there was no correlation. Okay. Well, did you dig into that? Yeah, no, we didn't. dig You know, they don't have the time and they don't have the energy and they don't have the effort. And I say that some of them are terrific, but they don't have the time. And educating them off of their misnotions is hard. But when the time is right, every congressional district in this country that believes that their veterans are being ill-served by a process that denies them uh, the basic care and benefits they earned through their service. And by the way, you know, 9-11, those individuals were poisoned through an attack. We poisoned our own veterans. We did this. KBR, Kellogg Brown and Root, that ran, that they had the contract. Those open burn pits didn't have to happen. And you can't you can't go after.
1: Well, John, I know you'll continue to speak out on behalf of veterans. Um, Your voice is a really important one because you don't play the politically correct game in Washington. And we need more of that. So thank you for your continued advocacy. And thanks for being with us here today.
0: My pleasure. And I really appreciate you keeping us on track and, and having my, my business calendar up on the wall behind you, because that's, that's pretty what' pretty much what yeah, my daily calendar looks like. My
2: kids are doing their, they're, they're doing their schoolwork at home, you know, because of the, the COVID, so every time I walk by, there's like some crazy math thing out there that I have no idea what's going. As far as I know, they're building something terrible Or a time machine. I don't really know what's happening in my own house.:. Great. Thanks so much, John. Nice talking to you. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care.
0: Well, this was really a great episode with John Stewart. And I got to tell you, I am really excited, Mr. Secretary, about next week. Next week, we have John Towers.
1: Lou, I think it's going to be uh, something really worth listening to. People don't understand that if you want to know how policy is made in Washington, you really got to get to know the staff directors who are running the show behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, no, as staff director for the, for the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee, John Towers gives us a complete behind-the-scenes view. He pulls the curtain back and just lets us see exactly what's going on.
1: I think you're right, and I sure hope that people are signing up to subscribe to our podcast because the type of guests that we're having and how much we're really showing people how things are done in Washington is really important stuff.
0: It's important and it's valuable. So we look forward to seeing everyone next week.
1: Yep. Until then.
0: Thanks for listening to the Policy Vets podcast. For more information about projects and other podcasts, go to policyvets.org.